market was essentially the nerve center of what locals called Real Baltimore. It had operated continually since just after the founding of the nation, and was about as far from the whitewashed tourist mecca of the inner harbor as one could imagine. It was cramped, unsanitary, and reeked of fish. But on a busy day, it thundered with conversation and the odd jazz trio huddled in front of one of the grocery stalls. I'd made it a point to meet with Edgar every time he managed a trip to Baltimore. Edgar kept poking his nose around the market, looking for some side-obscured stall with an old-school collector who had managed to avoid the Presidium's all-encompassing attentions. Before 1812, when the Presidium effectively seized power in D.C., Lexington Market was the port of call for the European cabals trafficking in any kind of worthwhile hermetic interest. It had been collector heaven. I found Edgar standing in front of his favorite falafel cart. He sported one of his obnoxious floral print shirts. His head bobbed in conversation with a short man wearing a threadbare plaid blazer. The man was mostly bald with the remnants of a ginger mane mixing with silver ringing his ears. His face was wrinkled, his cheeks stubbled in white and red whiskers. Dorian man, Edgar bellowed as he spotted me. He handed me a foil-wrapped falafel. I never had the heart to tell him I despised the dreck that stall called food. He was such a fan. You really shouldn't have, I mumbled as I nodded to Edgar's friend. Hello? Edgar announced. Dorian, I want you to meet Del Carmody. Carmody squinted up at me and thrust out a hand. Dorian-like, a pleasure, sir. He spoke with a peppery British accent, lurking beneath a husky tobacco-ravaged throat warble. Gone these years, and never met you face to face. Hi. So you're Emile Desiderio's magnum opus? Christ. I always loathed when complete strangers recognized me as a student of Emile Desiderio. It rarely went well for me. Either they fell on the roster of Emile's enemies and counted me as an enemy by association, or they were old industry pals of Emile and blamed me for the reason he effectively dropped off the face of the earth. At the end of his life, I was Emile's only friend. Admittedly, not a good one. You knew Emile? I tried to keep my tone friendly. I did. Complete nipple, that one. I'm sorry. Head completely up his ass. Loved him for it, but he was utterly clueless. He was pretty focused. I'll give you that. Focused? Christ, he was living in fucking fairyland. No idea where he was or what he was doing. But the bastard could hex the shit out of a cat's asshole if he thought it wasn't translating Greek properly. Brilliant suffering bloke. You'll probably be disappointed to hear he lost his love for hating things late in life. Oh, I know it. Thanks in no small part to yourself, I assume. I have no idea how to answer that. Well, I do. And he did. And you are. So, pleasure to meet you, mate. I shook Komodi's hand with a grin. So what's the business of the day? Are you a collector too? 
Edgar sniffed over a bit of falafel. No, man. Dell's pretty much an anything-anywhere man. Been in the business a long time. Dell added with a wiggle of his red and white brow. I know where the bodies are buried, one could say. Another work? I asked. On occasion. Though lately there's more money to be had in information. Which brings me to the point of our present acquaintanceship. He spoke the word like a child trying on his father's clothes. Edgar nudged my arm. You're going to love this. I'm listening. Carmody drew me in closer with a jerk of his head. I hear you have a minor soul problem. Vis-a-vis. It's backstroking somewhere in the nether. You heard that, have you? I hear things, Mr. Lake. That's what keeps me...